Many people don't get what they want from what they do. Not from their jobs, sometimes not their families, their government, their religion, and most importantly, not themselves. In our culture, something's missing. Part of what is missing is purpose, values, worthwhile standards against which our lives can be measured. The unexamined life is not worth living, and that was said by Socrates about 2,000 years ago. I think it's correct. If you don't examine your life, you most likely will scramble about seeking distraction in media, people's approval, drugs, shallow things. The thing that drives me to do this show and much of what I do is to try and influence people to start believing themselves by firstly starting to think for themselves. I want to learn from people who seem to be on a similar path of self-discovery in business, leadership, relationships, education, mental health and physical health and more. If we can really start to take our life seriously, I mean like as if we're not coming back, as if this is all we're guaranteed of in this life, then we really start listening and really want to examine what life is all about. You're listening to the Examine Life podcast with Matt Purcell and joining me as my next guest is Michael Lane. Michael Lane is the director of Success Resource Australia. Now, if you don't know who they are, they bring out people like Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, Richard Branson, and they get the greatest motivators in the world right now to try and reach people in the masses to educate them to be able to take control of their personal lives, of their business lives, of their relationships. It's a great business model. I really love it because I'm a speaker myself. I'm a life coach. I'm in the business of helping people. And I believe Michael and his company is in the business of educating people. And it's very good. I'm really fascinated to see how live events, people actually rocking up to events, thousands of people is still not showing any signs of slowing down, even though we're in a digital age where we could look at YouTube clips. People are paying hundreds of dollars to be able to go to a live event for five, six days sometimes. And I want to dig into Michael and and hear his business model for his company because as businesses get bigger, they tend to lose their connection with one another. And he has a very, very, very busy schedule. He's um, in charge of a lot of things internationally as well and filling up seats for events. It's crazy. So I want to dig into how he mentors his company. I want to know how he got into Success Resource Australia. And because success is part of Success Resource Australia's name even, I want to know what success really is. I want to know what his views are about power and leadership. It's a really great conversation and we get deep into what leadership really is. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Michael Lane. Awesome, guys. I'm here with Michael Lane here in Sydney in Piermont at Success Resource Australia's, would you say, main hub in Australia? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for joining us, Michael. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. So good to be here with you, mate. Um, Very exciting stuff. For those who don't know about Success Resources, could you just tell us a little bit about what it's about and and what kind of, you know, like educators you bring out? Yeah, look, um, we celebrated our 25th year last year. So Mm. 25 years ago, we started running small seminars um, in Singapore, actually. Mm. Um, And look, 25 years later, we did 495 events last year Mm. in 30 countries. Uh, We've got 10 offices around the world, about 250 staff. And we're fortunate enough to work with the likes of Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, even some old Jim Rowan and and some older school guys who we grew up on and and Mm. love. So yeah, really fortunate to be in an industry where we educate entrepreneurs Mm. and uh, we put on what we feel are world-class events uh, yeah. and educating people to maybe figure out what their passion is, monetize their passion, um, maybe just sell more at their day job or become healthier, whatever it is, just personal growth is something that we've sort of made as our core business. So yeah, really grateful to be a part of that. Yeah, so you do like live events like, say for example, Tony, oh, I love Tony Robbins. Yep. They call me Chaney Robbins. <laughs> uh, um, Tony, if you're watching this, hello. Um, so big events, like physical events. Yeah. And um, there's lots of offerings probably attached to that. So I was thinking the other day, it's like we live in this digital landscape where one would think these live events would start shrinking because of all the online content that you can get even for free. But that doesn't seem the case with you guys, does it? No, look, when I first joined the business 16 years ago, um, you didn't really tell your friends you were going to a, an event or a seminar or you wouldn't even really tell them you, you worked on your goals or you had a passion or desire. But mm. fortunately now, maybe through social media, maybe through people getting access online to education, our industry is really thriving. Um, mm. So... You yeah. would think that 
you can go get a lot of seminars and education on YouTube for free. But what we're finding is the the immersion and the ability to meet and be around like-minded people is really growing the business. Mm. So yeah, it's a great time to be a part of this. Um, now more than ever, people are probably looking for something they want, they're passionate about, something yeah. they want to sort of you know, start to execute and, and, and fulfill in their life. Mm. And some, most people are starting to think, well, my job may not be secure forever. You know, back in the day, it was like, get a good job and, you know, you'll retire at that job one day. Right. That's gone. The average tenure at a company now is three to four years. So people are hopefully, and I think, you know, are getting to a point where it's like, I've got something that I'm really passionate about and maybe success resources can help me yeah. discover what that is and maybe work towards that. Yeah, maybe you guys are definitely meeting a human need here because, like you said, generations are changing with employment, even mental health issues yeah. are rising, social media and lots of digital opportunities, like new jobs are just being created right now yeah. online. So uh, that's really important. You guys are meeting a big need in culture by offering these types of services, right? So one of the main feedbacks you've been getting back from all the thousands of people that are coming along from, like what kind of life-changing messages are you getting through success resources? Yeah, we're fortunate enough that we, we see people at different stages of their journey. Mm. Uh, we get people who uh, have maybe come out of a business and lost a lot of you know, their savings. Their, some have lost everything right. and they're looking to rebuild. Uh, we have other people who are a sophisticated startup. They might have been in corporate for 25 years mm. and now like, hold on, I've got this passion to do something and they might have the ability to get out and really put a couple of hundred thousand into something and fast track what they're doing. So, you know, we come across success stories all the time. We come across people who have been deeply depressed mm -hmm. um, and people who have got some stories that have really impeded maybe their trajectory on where they want to go. And mm -hmm. not by any means are we solving any of those, but we might be providing a solution where they can start to discover and give them the tools to figure out how they can navigate through that. Mm -hmm. So Tony's really big on supporting people who have come through traumatic experiences, yeah. giving them the tools to work through that and hopefully get to a stage where maybe that incident or episode helped change the trajectory of their life mm. in a positive way. So, um, yeah, I'm really fortunate to be in a business where we help people discover who they are and maybe fast track what they want to achieve. Um, and not many businesses do that, so it's pretty cool. What do you see, we, being at so many events around the world, like you, you've been to London, you, so what are some of the countries you put these events on? Oh, in? mate, there's 30 countries all through yeah. Asia, North America, South America, South Africa, we've got an office all through Europe. Um, we just did 26,000 in Russia last wow, year, that's first huge. event in Russia. Um, so yeah, we see many people, about 400,000 a year mm. in different parts of the world. And the funny thing is that, well not funny thing, but we've, we're all the same. Mm. We've all got this desire, dream to be better, achieve more, and it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter the language, it doesn't matter the culture, there's always a percentage of that region who want to better themselves and maybe do something better for the world as well. So it doesn't matter if we're in Russia, doesn't matter if we're in Johannesburg, it's great to see entrepreneurs and people wanting to do more with their life. I absolutely love that and love to hear that because there may be an audience out there that are skeptical about going to events yeah. and I want to make believers of these people because could you tell us a little bit about what type of experience, because um, you would have had feedback of like someone's being brought a ticket, you know, they didn't choose to come, but they get brought along and then their life gets changed. Like, what kind of um, thing can someone experience at an event that they can't if they were just like potentially just, you know, like just dabbling in some videos at home with this digital thing? I don't need to go to these things, you know? But. Yeah, no, look, it's a good point. And, and, and you mean, we, we, we put a lot of money and energy and time into planning and creating an experience at the event so mm. that something's memorable. Yeah. Um, most people don't know, but when we do a Tony Robbins event, we've probably got $1.2 million worth of audio visual that we've put into place to make it an experience. So we're now trying to move into a point where it's like education and entertainment. Something that's an experience, something... Edutainment. Yeah. Edutainment. There's, mm. And there's a few people coining that, but it's like, mm. yeah, you can sit there and watch something on your computer, or you can go and feel the energy and the excitement and really anchor in some of the, you know, the cool things of being in, in a seminar and conference, those kind of things. But it's the people you meet. 
it's the proximity to the people you might have mm. idolized. Yeah. Do you mean I have a lot of people going, oh my God, I've seen Tony online, I've read his books, but to see him face to face, it's a different Tony. It really is, it's a different energy. Um, so yeah, I, I'd really recommend anyone to, if they haven't taken that step to go to an event, and there's plenty of free events, you don't have to go spend a lot of money on events. Um, go and experience it, see the people, turn up with a, a desire to make the most and get a return on that investment of your time and maybe the money, but the amount of collaborations, joint ventures and partnerships, even marriages yeah. that come out of going to an event, it will blow your mind some of the stories. So um, it's, mm. it's, it's an exciting time to be in events because we're continuing to raise the bar to make sure people go, wow, I want to experience that again. Mm. So it's um, it's an investment. Uh, it's um, you know you don't have to spend 1.2 million on audio visual. You could get a microphone and a whiteboard these days. Yeah. I mean you can, but it's not memorable. Yeah. So for us, um, some of our events, it's it's that education and that entertainment that's important. Yeah, it's really important. So when you say experience, let's unpack that a little bit because. There should be like, it's almost like there's a hierarchy of experience because I could watch now, like a, I could be moved by a clip on Tony on, you know, with Tony, for example, on screen. But like you said, there's different elements in a live event. Mm. Like the what you said about audio visual, we've got five senses. Yeah. We've got so many things that make something real, like feedback mechanisms. So um, you can't experience certain things to its highest degree by just sitting in your chair watching yeah, your iMac. Yeah. So like, um, it's different for me being at the wedding ceremony in person yeah. versus just watching something on a screen, right? Yes. So I think there's something in that too. Like, um, I think it's a great suggestion too, even because I'm married, you're married, for to put in the calendar to be able to, to, to go to events that the event isn't just a holiday, even though you can make a holiday out of it, but to invest into your marriage or into your relationships into your business yep. like physically going somewhere letting all your senses kind of immerse in that yeah um, with some of the guests you've had you've had you bring over success brings over some of the best most legendary minds in the biz so you've met Sir Richard Branson right yeah you met Gary V you've met so hanging with these people personally and seeing their their, their um, talks what have you personally taken away from that? You know, like what's some of the lessons you've learned maybe this year that you've taken away? Yeah. Um, look, being backstage with some of the people that we've promoted, you get a real insight into who mm. they are because in my industry, there's a lot of people who are on the front of stage who aren't the same person back of house, so to speak. Yeah. Do you yeah. I mean, there's this persona and this perception of, of who they are and then you get off stage and they're than the exact opposite. Mm. And those people tend to come and go. Okay. You know, they don't seem to stick around. We don't necessarily like to uh, align ourselves with those kind of people, but- That's good, yeah. But for us, it's kind of like, you know, Richard Branson, for example, and I, I've got a funny story. When we have first had Richard on our stage nine years ago, 2010, he's this uber successful, charismatic guy and we're backstage and he's shaking like this oh. and he's very nervous and and it's funny he's like he looks around and goes i need so, i need a shot of something i need <laughs> i need something to get through this right and you find a shot of vodka for him and he has two and and he starts to loosen up but you think this is a guy who's gone through and achieved so much um not just in his business but um you know from a philanthropic point of view and and some of the stuff that he's helped coordinate and and the business he's created and you think, he's that nervous to get on stage and just share his story. But, but look, you, you meet people and you know, he's a very authentic guy, very genuine guy. Mm. Um, he is purely the guy you see, he's the guy backstage. Um, so working with people like that, it's really exciting. And, and sometimes I learn more backstage talking to them in the two minutes mm. than I probably could by sitting in the, state, in the audience that day. Um, but I've been fortunate enough to work with some pretty cool people, billionaires, heads of states, prime ministers, presidents, those kind of things. Um, and for me, you know, authenticity and being genuine and is something that is, is really important. And, mm. and those people who come across and you sense this authenticity are the ones who are making changes in this world, mm. are the ones who are really getting down and, and solving a problem 
it's clearly not something they're doing to make money or do this. They genuinely want to help people. They want to change a, a, a landscape, an environment, whatever it is. And, you know, Sir Richard is an example of that. Really authentic guy. It's probably, probably one of the common traits across the board with the guys we work with, right? They're all there to serve, aren't they? I'd like to say all of them. Yeah. And sometimes you think they are, and then you see that other side. And, and again, we, type, we tend to not maybe book them again if they're like that. But it's good to see that the most people who are... Well, from my understanding is that when you're kicking goals for a long period of time, mm. you're doing something right. Yeah. There's a genuine um, you know, passion there or desire to do something. It's the guys who are very quickly make money and then you never see them again, where it's not passion oriented, it's not authentic. So, you know, for us, um, we're looking for people who've made huge change. And traditionally, we've always done personal development speakers and gurus like that. Mm. But for me and what I'm excited about and what we're starting to do is work with people who have achieved something great in their field mm -hmm. and now want to give back. Yeah. I mean, our friend Mark Burris is a good example of that. Mm. You know, when I sat down with Mark and he wanted to, to, to do some, uh, you know, small business advisory and those kind of things, it was not about making money. It was not about uh, anything but passing on the knowledge that he's got to helping small business. Yeah. That's, that's the authenticity I'm talking about. Mm. Um, so, you know, and this is a guy who could go off for the next 20 years and cruise and relax and and probably the enjoy the spoils of what he's created. Yeah. And he's like, nah, let's put on an event for 79 bucks and go help small business owners around the country. That's the people I wanna work with. They're yeah. the inspirational stories. So success resources, we've typically done people in our industry, but I'm looking to change that. I love it. And get people who have got a real genuine message and are not in it for the, the things that other people are in it for. They're in it for the, the real change. I really love hearing that. And it's great for everyone to hear this because it's good that you're being selective. You have a, a standard and a criteria, because I mean, there's a there might be a you know like people out there that like well if it earns a buck that's good, mm. but being value driven in business is very important. I reckon in the long term, especially. So if you're like wanting to work with authentic people, you might have to say no to some opportunities that could earn your business good money, a big money potentially in order to be like, stay true to the value, stay true to the value of this business and what people want to talk about it about. I think that's brilliant. It's yeah. really important. I think it carries into our personal lives, like the type of people that we allow in our lives and the type of not using people for what they can do for you, like making sure character's important. It's really interesting. Now, you run a business that's got multiple staff. Um, and <laughs> when you're the head of that, there are lots of things that could go wrong. There's lots of things that, there's lots of communication systems and all that. I really want to tap into that a bit because um, people can read, you, they get snippets on social media about what it's like to, you know, that looks very flashy to, mm. to run a big company and stuff. I'm, I'm driving Mercedes or I'm getting chauffeured somewhere. They might think, you know, like you have, you don't even wipe your own bottom. You know? yeah. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about what a day in the life of, like running a big company looks like, you know, like what time generally would you wake up and what's your routine at the moment? Yeah, look, um, my typical routine is up at 5.30, mm. um, doing a little bit of meditation or a little bit of just bringing my goals to the forefront of my day mm. um, before I start to look at that, the phone and start to, you know, download all the stuff that's happening. So I try and find my center. Um, I call it finding the calm before the storm. Like you know, it, yeah. the storm is our is our business, our life, and all the things that happen. If I find that if I can find the calm before the storm, I seem to weather mm -hmm. the the uh, you know all the things that happen a little bit easier. So I try and find that it's it's not a long, deep process. It's five to ten minutes, just doing my own process. Um, typically, like to four to five times a day, get some kind of momentum with uh, exercise, whether it's the gym. Um, I've just got a personal trainer, even just getting out and going for a walk in the morning. That, mm. that allows me to get some podcasts in, mm -hmm. put some good stuff in my body uh, and into me for my day. Um, then there's kids, there's breakfast, there's getting them to school. <laughs> I'm usually at the office by nine. Yep. Um, between that time though, I will look at my, my phone and see if there's anything important or urgent. Um, when you have a business that works in multiple regions, I tend to wake up and America's kicked off. You know, mm. East and West Coast is, is going. Uh, London's just finishing. 
So it's kind of like checking what's happened with London is if anything's got to happen there. America, I get in here at nine o'clock and I've got three hours to set up my day, do some things with my senior management here. And then 12 o'clock is nine o'clock typically in Asia. Mm. So it's a funny thing. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse because at any point of the day, there's somewhere is an office open. There's tickets being sold somewhere and there's probably a decision that's needing my involvement, those kind of things. So structure is really important to me. Yep. Um, my assistant really makes sure my day is structured mm-hmm. and making sure everything is aligned so that I, I'm making the most of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, now I do a little bit more content stuff, so I schedule time every single day for content, yep. for podcasts, for putting videos, content, or aggregating and, and doing those kind of things. Um, and look, I'm usually at home by six. I like to be at home for dinner with the kids. Great. Uh, and that's important when you travel as much as I do. I like to be home and present as much as I can. And look, I'm probably guilty of not putting my phone down till probably eight till 10. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got London reopened again. You've got the US just waking up and just making sure that everything's in, in order. So to most people listening to that, it might seem like uh, I'm being pulled from pillar to post, but there is a bit of order in there mm. and there's a structure and uh, it seems to work for me. Yeah, it's interesting. And how did you arrive to be in success research like how does like I don't know if like as a child as a child as a kid you don't often be like oh, you know what one day I don't know was it that clear for you no um, I knew at the age of eight that I wanted to be successful mm-hmm. I didn't know what that meant yeah all I knew is when the Ferrari or Lamborghini drove down the road mm-hmm. I was like how did that guy or girl get that okay like yeah. I want one of them how did they figure that out so um you know, going to school when guys were reading comic books and those kind of things, I was buying a, a luxury boat mag or the Rob Report or those kind of things. And I was kind of like, why am I built differently? Um, but look, it wasn't until 19 when I started my first business um, that I really started to put some of the ideas and concepts into action. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think from an early age, I just knew I didn't want to be normal. I didn't. I had no desire to just go work in a job for 40 years and mm. and slowly retire and my life sort of drift away with that mm-hmm. and for a lot of people that's cool and in my business i need a lot of people who want to align with a company like that yeah so there's no disrespect to those people i was just wired a little bit differently yeah so um yeah i just knew from an early age but it wasn't until 2003 when i went to an a seminar I got dragged along by somebody <laughs> and somebody was talking about the stuff that i used to think about Mm. And it was in 2003 where I went to an event, opened up my eyes and thought, hey, there's something here and maybe I could be involved in that. All, all I wanted was have proximity to people talking about success. I didn't even know what I was going to do. I didn't even know really what the business did. Mm. But it's going back 16 years ago now. That's interesting. Like success seemed to be a word or a, a, a thing that you identified with as a kid from you know, as young as eight. How do we find out what? How do we def- decide and define what success is for for you? Like for you personally, I bet. I mean, we there's a, like a definition of success in the dictionary. Mm. But for you, how did you did you go through an evolution of what success was at different stages in your life? Hundred percent. At first, it was very egotistical, very mm. ego based. Yeah. Success is having that car, having that materialistic thing. Yeah. And to be honest, I couldn't, I couldn't see that that wasn't success for a, for a long time. I thought that you have to be successful, you have to have those things, mm. um, especially in my late teens and early 20s. Um, I think there's different ver- ver- variations or versions of success. For 16 years being around it, maybe learned a couple of things and still got a lot more to learn. I think being truly happy with yourself mm. and where you are in life and, and what you're doing is a really strong version of success for me plenty of people who've got a lot of money who are just not happy yeah not doing the things that they truly love and inspired to do um and i think i'm now moving into a phase where success for me is looking at things that are outside of me um we went through the materialistic phase we went through okay i'm pretty comfortable and happy with who i am Mm. um but now what can i do to sort of help and impact other people's lives so whether it's um, you know, I started a charity last year, whether it's 
um, helping my team become a better version of themselves and, and getting them to go further on their path. Um, it's the legacy model, so to speak, if you want to call it a model. Um, I've just sort of re-engineered it to go, well, you don't need to be 50 or 60 to start to have a legacy. Yeah. I'd love to start working on my legacy now. Mm. I, mean, I turned 39 last week and I'm like, why can't I make a bigger impact now? Mm. Why can't we start a, uh, a division where we start to give education and scholarships for free to, to countries or, or regions that can't afford some of the stuff we do? Yeah. And for me, that's pulling on the heartstrings and the success strings more for me now then the cars and the other stuff. Hmm. I mean, that stuff's fleeting. Yeah, you get that, yeah. and you realise it does not make you happy over a long period of time. Yeah. So for me, I was I was fortunate enough to experience some of that stuff young and and in my twenties, and I don't need a lot of that stuff now. So for me, um, the legacy model, I'm trying to bring that forward and do a bit more of that stuff now, than leaving it to later in life. That's really well put. I think there is. Like what I stated before, like an evolution of success. You yes. see that as a young person. Yeah. You, know, you, you believe that you place your hope and trust in this idea that if I get this physical thing, this will make me internally happy. Mm. But this is just made out of material. It's going to, well, maybe it's this perception that if I get that, then it's for the approval of others. People yes. like really respect me because of it. Or that I, I've reached this target, this goal, that means that I have done it. Mm. And it's, um, it's fascinating because I do talks around Australia with, with high school students particularly and, and I always ask them the question, what's success to you? And it's fascinating what they say. You, they stated the same things that you did with evolution, the evolution of it. When you think about social media, you have a few different audiences. One is they think it's easy. You just post a photo up there, you just post a video up there, and that's it. That's all you do. That couldn't be farther from the truth, in my opinion, because social media is kind of the wild, wild west at the moment. There's no formal education with how to do social media because I guess it changes every six months or so. And businesses and companies and brands, they desperately need social media. There are, in Australia alone, 16 million active Facebook accounts alone on Facebook. We've got Instagram. Millions and millions of people post stories alone in Australia with their Instagram stories. And that's the marketplace now for where businesses and brands connect with their customers. Q Media is a company that I started late last year and we're managing some really great brands and some top profile people in our society with their social media because we come up with strategies. We've got our finger to the pulse, we create beautiful content and we create content that's engaging, that's shareable to your audience and the goal is to be able to get that to engage with your website and with your product. So if you want to know more about what Q Media does, go to qmedia.co. That's K-Y-U-Media.co. We've talked a little bit about success. I mean, Success Resource Australia, it's good to be able to define what success is. Like, um, One definition of success that is just really the most foundational kind of definition in the Webster Dictionary would be just to be able to set out and achieve a goal. Because in one sense, like you said with some of the people you've met, you can achieve all the goals in the world and not be any nicer as a person. Because sometimes being successful doesn't equal being a good person or being a nice person. Mm. And that's really um, interesting because we're just talking a little bit before about um, your family and about your routine, about your personality type. I find that really fascinating because I want everyone to hear that because um, we heard in the first part like you got a structure and I asked about the routine on purpose because I think it's really good for everyone to find a routine that works for them. But to firstly understand in order to love yourself, you need to accept your personality Mm. and know what it is. So do you want to just unpack that little yeah. personality plus um, yeah. framework for us? So I, one of my mentors early put me onto a book called Personality Plus by Florence Latour. Mm. And there's many different personality um, processes and, and systems out there. This was a real basic one, a, a thin book. You could get through it in a couple of hours and it really gets you to determine what, what of four personality types are you. Um, you know, I educate some of my guys on when you're talking to someone on the phone, have you identified what personality type they are? Because mm. if you haven't, you might be pitching or articulating your, your process in a way to not their personality type. Mm. So I was fortunate to understand my personality type pretty quickly. Mm. Um, I'm very much what she calls a sanguine. That's somebody who's excited, loves to be a part of the party, 
Um, if someone's talking about the footy match last night, it's like, I want to have my two cents worth. So when you understand that, um, you've got to build structure and order around how you build your day. Mm. So for me, and as I was sharing with you, I have a lot of structure and order in my schedule. My assistant makes sure that I don't have 15 minutes just waiting around for stuff because that 15 minutes could mean I start Googling stuff, start hearing a conversation, and then all of a sudden two hours is gone. And you're distracted. And I'm distracted. So yeah, yeah. I've had to understand what drives me and who I am mm. and then build a process system around how I get the most out of who I am and and, and how that sort of shows up every day. So, mm. you know, if, if you don't understand exactly what personality type you are, you might be dealt things every day where you go, I don't understand how I'm dealing with this or why I'm getting distracted or why I'm too deep in this and I'm not letting go of it. Mm. Um, I just think it's a real simple exercise that everyone should truly understand who they are and what's driving them. That's good. And what drives you to, to work so hard? Like what are some of the things that motivate you to work so hard? Yeah, look, I've got a real passion to educate people around the world. Mm. Um, I mean, that's what we do. This is something I'm clearly passionate about. Um, I've tried many other things. I've started many businesses and most of them failed miserably. Yeah, um, yeah. But for me, I'm looking to go further and take our education and, and educate people around the world. I'm pivoting the model a little bit. Like I said to you earlier, we've typically had the Jim Rowans, the Robert Kiyosakis, the Tony Robbins. I'm now wanting to move into more uh, either business celebrities, people who have achieved something of significance, who have a passion or a mission they want to share with the world. Mm. You're starting to see some celebrities now on, uh, on social media who are talking about their journey and their success and their failures as well. Yeah. I want to start promoting some of those people for many reasons. A, that some of them have got a message. B, some of them have got an audience that can truly make change around the world. Mm. I mean, I'm talking to some celebrities at the moment who have between 60 and 100 million followers mm. on social media. That's a lot. Their one post can impact more people than I can do in 500 events this year. Mm -hmm. 400,000 people will do this year. One post can get millions of views, tens of millions of video views. I want to try and figure out how we connect a greater audience with people who have got a real authentic message and put the two together. That's what drives me. That's what inspires me. Um, and for me, putting deals together like that, that's who I am. Yeah. That's my side of it. That's what I'm passionate about. I like that because um, there would be an audience out there that detests kind of like have an attitude toward our celebrities yep. and it's like because they have these expectations on celebrities that they're not allowed to have failures or yeah you know they, um they're immune they should be immune to divorces or immune to all this stuff and or i think perfect oh they're perfect yeah they're just immune to be able to yeah make mistakes and that's a lot of rubbish like um the amount of people we've interviewed on this show even uh, they hate that you know like yeah. and being that, that's just like a stupid stupid standard to have but their role in society is very important it if is. you think about culture think about what our kids are going to grow up in this culture society there are always causes and effects so who are the causes what are the causes that of values of um of movements of you know personalities or with yes focus and these people with this audience are some of those people that can really impact our kids and yeah. us even well it's people who have got the attention mm. right so and one person um, who I'd love to do business with which I, I'm not at this stage is Will Smith yeah had a very great a very good career in Hollywood and those kind of things but if you tune into his Instagram right now and you see what he's doing awesome. that ain't for the money no. that ain't for the notoriety it's for he's learned some stuff along the way that he genuinely wants to share mm. do you mean they're the kind of people that I'd love to do business with mm. um, who have got a real you know mission to try and start to give back and he may not even be conscious that he's wanting to give back he might be just you know sharing his thoughts every day but that guy's getting the attention he's getting the the you know he's he's got people's attention mm -hmm. and he's got a great message to share yeah I just think there's more people out there who have achieved that level who could share more of their journey. Mm -hmm. And it might be a 10 second, 15 second 
story on Instagram that mm. somebody goes, oh my God, Will Smith went through the ups and downs and life hasn't been perfect and he made it through and he achieved something. They're the kind of little moments that I would love to facilitate and, and put together in some way. I haven't figured out exactly how to do it all yet, but that's something that I'm really excited about is people who've got attention, how can they have a greater impact? Yeah, and the people who have attention, are they using that platform responsibly? You know, Correct. How are they? Because it's about, attention is power too. Mm-hmm. Think about power and people think about tyranny or they think about something evil about power. It's like, nah, power is what keeps these lights on. Power is what makes the world go around in a sense. There is laws of, of power around mm. in, in nature. So it's not about people with power being evil. It's about, like always in our movies and our narratives, like, how are people using their time or their what message are they sharing to the, the our platforms like we've got social media influencers that uh, we, we see mixed yeah. things on at the moment like putting things out you can sense if someone's for themselves yeah a great example of that is Leonardo DiCaprio mm. he's made a mission to try and make a positive impact on the environment mm. he you look on his social media yeah you're right there's yeah. no selfies there's <laughs> no in the club there's no of his Ferraris or whatever it is it's, hey, we need to put our time and attention on this part of the world because environmentally we're struggling or suffering because of this right now. That's the, that's the kind of example. And it doesn't have to be success or whatever. It's just trying to get people who have that ability because they've got that attention to make a positive impact. Um, and, and it'd be great if more people did that. Yeah, maybe that's one of the, the great things, success, and what, what you guys are doing. Like maybe that's one of the great missions you have is to inspire people through engage, getting people on board that are great ambassadors with attention to encourage people to think how can I use my story to how can I use my story to impact someone positively mm. how can I learn from my story I've been given the, the, the cards have been dealt to me and use them well enough mm. to not just be a drain not yeah. to be just like a negative force online because everyone's got majority of people have social media platforms and they have someone looking at their life even at work they've got so this is this carries over in every area of your life mm. so it's not just up to the celebrities celebrities could inspire you we could inspire people yeah but it's like who are you going to inspire mm. who's watching your life when you go to work and your kids and all that yeah and for me it's I don't believe the world needs more entrepreneurs we need more leaders mm-hmm. and you don't have to be a celebrity um, you don't have to have millions of followers to be a leader mm. You know, you can be a team leader in one of my teams here and impact somebody daily when you think and help them grow. The world needs more leaders. Mm. And it's and and if there's there's something that I would love to again from a legacy point of view is one of the things I'm passionate about is developing leaders within my business. And leadership leaders make changes, they make fundamental shifts um, in all areas of our environment. So that's the thing that we're looking for. And for me, you know, when you and I are starting to do this content thing, you've done a lot longer than me, you're a lot better at it than me, but it's like, if I can impact somebody to maybe make a small change in their life, hopefully that person will do the same to somebody else. Yeah. And that leadership chain continues. Mm. So, um, yes, I want to do it at a macro level with some of the most prominent people in the, on the planet, but someone listening to this right now could go, how do I become a mentor to one or two people this year? What can I do to help them on their journey and maybe give them a little bit of advice that might impact them to go on and do the same? Mm. That's something that anyone can do. Yeah, I mean, you would have worked with people in your own team. Maybe that would have, you would have seen something in them, maybe that they don't recognize. Yeah. And there's a lot of self-doubt out in the world. There's a lot of, um, maybe I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy to be able yeah. to take on this burden of whatever I'm carrying what's something that you've what's some advice you give with that we're, we're talking about leadership yeah look I think whenever I'm working with somebody who is doubting themselves um, don't feel they're good enough for those kind of things for me what I like to do is really start to understand is what's driving them what are they passionate about mm. what, what's what's something that's going to get them excited and, and, and up and at them um, everyone has something they want to do mm. everyone has a passion most people either knew of their passion and have forgotten about it, or they haven't re-identified it, or they haven't worked on it enough to inspire them. So, I mean, even in my team, we have 
um, what I call an opportunity. We, we look to positively exit our staff. And what that is, is within the first 90 days, after 90 days, I meet with every employee and I look at it and go, what are you passionate about? It's probably not working on the phones here. It's probably not putting on events. It's probably something else. And we sit down and we unpack, what are they passionate about? What would they love to ultimately go and do? And over the next one, two or five years, we work on them while they're here doing their core job, starting to create their business or starting to create their idea or their passion and start putting it into play. So I actually have a process that we go through to help identify what they're passionate about and help identify that if they're gonna do something of significance, they need to develop themselves. Mm. So for us in our industry, it's really easy. And we're fortunate we've got a lot of our forefathers in our industry have given us the tools to help do that. Mm. So for us at Success Resources, it's about being a product of the product. Yeah, you it's really good. You can't be on the phone educating someone to spend five grand to do a program or course if you're not bettering yourself, mm. if you're not following the process and the system. So some people look at me and go, why would you want to get rid of your staff like that? Because for me, I'd rather figure out the tools and the things they need here, take that, package it, and go do something they're passionate about. Mm. So for me, that's another correlation of the leadership chain. Mm. If I can teach them something here, they go do what they love, they might be a leader to others, and that might continue the chain. So yeah, we're fortunate that we've got a lot of people around us, speakers, advisors, who give us the tools to, to do that. Yeah, maybe that's one of the maybe that's one of the measurements of success is a leader's job is to look at someone and be like, my dream is to my role is to help you achieve your goals and your, your dreams and it may not require you to be here forever. But um, I, I imagine that would create an amazing atmosphere in this place. Because it's like, well this my boss cares about me. In mm. my future, that's pretty cool. Look, it, it, I've seen a positive and a negative effect. I see some people leave too early and go, <laughs> yeah, "I'm yeah. done." Yep. Um, but for me, look, it's it's a long life, and mm. I was guilty when I was two years into this role, commission only on the phones. I thought I knew it all, yeah. And I went and promoted a speaker myself. I left here, went and did that. It was successful about six months, and then I lost everything, and then I came back. So my lesson to most people is, once you identify your passion, don't just jump ship. Start to build it parallel to what you're doing. You know, you need that income, you need that certainty every day. And that's why I teach these guys is that, let's build it together. Mm. I'll help you with your business plan. Mm. I'll help you start to get a minimal viable product. I'll help you start to bring it to market. But when you leave here, you got rent, you got marketing costs, you've got all the stuff that you need to do let's do it here where maybe I can help you, maybe I can't, but maybe there's a way that we can get you started and, and get some income coming into it. And then maybe three years down the track, it makes sense for you to completely jump into that. So that's something that you know we're, we've been doing for a couple of years now, probably four years now, and it's been great to see some people get a business up and running, mm. go take that step. There's people here who in the next 12 months, they will exit. Yeah, they're, they're just on that path and they're making things work. There's people here who are trying things and they didn't work. And we start again. We go through the process, we figure out how can you iterate, pivot, and I catch up with them every quarter and just see how that's going. Mm -hmm. So for me in my role, and you talked about the evolution of success, um, it, it would not be right of me just to have people sit here, mm -hmm. answer the phones, not grow, not do the stuff they're passionate about. Yeah, It's not congruent. Because we know that um, Gallup's stats on, on workplace satisfaction is really like revealing, right? You know, yeah. Like, the ironic thing as well is, um, to the business owners out there who are thinking, I don't want to lose core staff, is that my average tenure in Australia is 6.7 years. Yeah, that's And huge. the average thing is about three. Mm. So what I find is I get really dedicated, passionate staff for three to five years who give me amazing results. And hopefully I've got some, I've given them some fair exchange as well for them to go off and do what they do. Um, but it's a win-win. Mm. They leave, they're happy, 
they look back fondly of their time here, they learn the tools and the things they need, and they go off and hopefully they change the world with what they want to do. Mm. I'm finding at the moment, meditating on business principles right now, because uh, I've just started a few things this year, actually um, lots of media stuff and all that, but um, there's so many transferable principles in business if that are so helpful in your life. Like in your just, if you transfer like the idea, say, of having a plan. So you would like, one of the first questions would ask someone if they want to start a business is, what's your plan? Mm. So many people would do a plan for their business, but not for their life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how about marketing your business? Um, and people complaining about, oh, not having opportunities. Mm. You don't exist if you don't like market properly. You yeah. Know? Do, you, do you see the correlation there too? What's some more principles that you see in business that you can clearly see that helped you in your life? Yeah, look, and, and just to step back a little bit on that, yeah. I mean, most people plan a holiday more than they plan their life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. they'll sit down and go, great, where are we going to go? What are, and they get super diligent on yeah. what they want to achieve in that. And I find it fascinating they wouldn't do that for their life. Yeah. Or they wouldn't do that for their business. So, Jimmy and I have done some content recently about if you don't have your goals and plans set in place by January 31st, 97%, the statistics are 97% of the people who don't do anything are not going to achieve their goal. Yeah. So sit down and write a plan. Do you mean, I've got a 10-step process that I teach my guys and, and sharing on socials that first you've got to identify what you're passionate about. Mm. First you got, and then you've got to figure out why, and, and, and people talk about their why, mm. and why you're doing it, why you're passionate. But then you've got to build a plan. Yeah. You've got to get your why, and then you've got to figure out your how. Mm. And your how comes down to a plan, that's executed and fundamentally implemented daily to try and achieve something. So, you know, it's still early February. I won't be too harsh on people who haven't done that yet, but I reckon if you can't go find a day on the weekend in a quiet room with yourself, your partner, or even just yourself in a notebook and write down what you're passionate about and what you want to achieve this year, then it's it's going to be pretty difficult for you to achieve success in some way. Let's, let's help some people out here because um, I want to finish on this note in a second actually is people would be like, oh, yeah, plan, a good plan. What are some tips that we can help them with? What elements should they have in their plan? Yep. Here's, again, a part of my 10-step principle is I start with one called the $50 million exercise. Mm-hmm. If I gave you $50 bucks and you had to spend all of it, what comes up for you? Most people, it's the fast cars and all the exciting stuff that comes up. But then halfway through the exercise, you get to a point where it's like, you know what, I always wanted to do this. I've got a passion to help this, grow this business, and I want to give some money to charity and do all that. That's a fun little exercise that I teach some of my guys to identify what they're passionate about. Usually that idea that comes up for when you were in your 20s that you always wanted to do or when you were a kid, re-identify what you're passionate about. Mm. The second step is a day in the life of you. You mean, what, what do you do? So in that exercise, I will get my guys to go, where are you waking up when you're successful and you've got your $50 million stuff? Mm. Are you waking up in Sydney Harbour? Are you waking up on the Gold Coast? What time are you waking up? Who are you waking up with? Mm. What do you do every day? Are you going to your office? Are you training? Are you working out? I try and get people to to keep it fun initially. Mm. $50 million exercise, figure that out. And then the day in the life of you, what would you love to do? Would you be going to your office which has 10 people in it who are all executing your plan? So I think most people think of building a plan as a long, laborious, hard task. Yeah. You make the first two steps really fun and engaging and exciting, and you do pages of notes on the day in the life of you and you know, you're flying to Brisbane to do a keynote or you're doing this or you're doing that. When you've got that burning desire and why, the plan becomes easier mm. and you become to have more fun with it. Most people don't start the plan because they don't think it's a fun process. So identify what you're passionate about, try and build fun into it and then start to build a plan. Start to build how I bring this to market. Mm. It doesn't mean you sit down and do a 20 page business plan. <laughs> Just start to document. I'd love to have this in my business. I'd love to start doing this. I can see people doing this. Data dump all those ideas onto a piece of paper mm-hmm. and then just start to put it into a process. Yeah, process. It's, yep. it, it doesn't need to be painful. No. If people make it fun and put it into a process, you're halfway there. I really like that because it's very visual. 
mm-hmm. and it's experiential. Yep. So it's um, it's getting you to visualize where you like to end, like end up, and like and live right now, and work your way backwards. Yes. There. And that's great. I mean, even the smart goal frameworks, even yep. even good. Some of the stuff because it's like specific, it's measurable, you know, it's actionable. I like looking at time, but like, yep. it's like, when are you going to start? Yeah. Like the, one of the hardest steps to take is the first one. Yeah. So, so many times, um, I think we, we've both benefited from this. There's only so much that we can um, do by ourselves. So sometimes it's good to invest into like, say coach or a, or a mentor, or even just loved ones and friends that are ahead of you or yeah. like and that's really important because we live in a pretty isolated society particularly I mean even at work there could be people in, in their workplace right now it's like yeah I don't really connect with anyone it's really hard for me there's so many things coming up this year so just tell everyone just briefly the, the website and, and all that so we can follow you along yeah look um, you know Success Resources uh, Australia that's the prime that's our local one mm-hmm. it's success-resources.com.au mm-hmm. um, Jimmy they can follow me on social media it's Michael Lane is yep. all my stuff um, but again this is this is not an opportunity for me to try and push tickets or, or do that it's um, you know if you're at home listening to this and you're like you know what maybe this is the year I want to do something more mm-hmm. is find a mentor mm-hmm. you, don't, you know you don't need to pay to go to all the events out there it's like Start listening to podcasts like this more often. Start yeah. tapping into stuff. I, I tell people all the time, you don't need to come and buy a seminar to start to learn and grow. Yeah, um, I'm listening to podcasts every single morning. doesn't cost me a thing. Mm-hmm. And listening to your podcast, listening to other people's podcasts are the things that are really motivating me right now. Mm-hmm. And it costs nothing. Yeah. So, um, of course, if they want to come to our events, we'd love to have them. But, um, you know, for us, it's about trying to make a difference, trying to make a change and uh, sometimes people think you've got to pay for that mm-hmm. and you don't. That's great. That's, that's what I love about you, Michael. That's awesome. So thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It really means so much to me that thousands and thousands of people who send emails and inboxes and tune in each episode are just responding so well to a genuine chat to people about where things are at in their lives and how they think about things. I just want to have authentic chats because there's so much propaganda. The media is full of agendas and I just, I'm just i just a curious dude. If you go to patreon.com.au forward slash Matt Purcell, I really encourage you to be able to support this podcast financially, even like five bucks a month. That goes a long way for us because we have to often travel to visit our guests to Sydney, I'm from Newcastle, or we fly to Melbourne, we fly to Brisbane, we'll fly wherever we can to be able to meet our guests because we believe that the genuine chats, a big part of the genuine chats is a result of being face to face. And I really want to keep that standard up and that will be really great if you enjoyed this episode. And also jump on mapherso.com where you can find ebooks, more episodes and blogs about the guests that I've interviewed. So thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, God bless. We'll see you soon.